This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. First of all, I always like to start with the line. I always feel like games are won on the offense and defensive line and offensive line with Juwan. Obviously, we mentioned Brandon already. Cam is a young player. is going to develop into a great left tackle. Obviously, Andrew at left guard, solid AJ. we got a good veteran offensive line. They're well coached by Coach Warhop, so I'm excited about that. Everything else can function accordingly. The running game will be better. The passing game will be better. It starts with those five guys. And then the backups. Will's a good, solid player. Played a couple different positions. We're excited about them. And now we have to develop our quarterback. So, obviously, Gardner got the played 10 games last year. He's a young player. Uh, he's developing. He's an exciting player, uh, but I like the way he plays. It is freestyle, that? Was it like off the top of his dome? Oh, yeah. He was asked a question about what he likes about the offense. I like it. He listed like the depth chart. Yeah, that was impressive. That was Frank Caliendo. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. I got you. Yeah, uh, get a script. That was Jay Gruden, offensive <laughs> coordinator. Of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, it's interesting hearing him talk, and you'll continue to hear uh, some of the sound bites from today's uh, news conference with Jay Gruden. I think it's the second time we've heard from Gruden, and complimentary. I, I kind of like this. This is what I got out of it from the Minshew stuff. He's complimentary, but not over the top. Not like uh, he's like we still got it. He's got a lot of development to do here. Now we got to see him on the field. He's a smart guy. He has a lot uh, to prove. You love uh, every a lot of things about him, but let's see how it. it and that's. That's a guy to me that's seen a lot. He's seen a lot of quarterbacks from Kirk Cousins to RG3 to Andy Dalton to, and then if you throw McAdoo in there and you've got Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning, you guys see now a lot of quarterbacks go through mm-hmm. and good ones, mm-hmm. um, and some that have disappointed, but good ones mm-hmm. and have had success in the league. That's their measuring stick. It's not, oh yeah, he's pretty good for a sixth round pick. Yeah. Right? So, I thought that was pretty good. That was one of my takeaways of it. If you almost have to listen to the whole thing, and as that's uh, sometimes I'll do that as I'm listening. I'll be like, "All right, is he kind of blowing smoke here? Is he over the moon about a guy?" And I haven't even seen him on the field much. But I thought he was pretty honest assessment of 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 Minshew. Uh, there's a lot to like. It's cool having him, mm-hmm. but now let's go see it and, and see if he can get it done. Yeah, uh, which is the way a coach should be. Is probably thinking. Mm-hmm. That's why it kind of felt real to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, Minshew's definitely the big man on campus right now. There's not a lie with that. But at the same time, this what we talked about you know earlier on in the show today, this season's important for a lot of reasons. And in terms of the coaches, it's important for keeping all of their jobs, right? And it's maybe important for trying to get a promotion someplace else. So with that being said, I mean, the question right now is, is Minshew going to be the guy going forward or not? Time will tell. But I like how Gruden's going about it, saying, "Look, listen, man, you're you're the quarterback right now, and we understand that, and you're the leader of this team, and you're the general, yada yada yada. But just because you're the man right now doesn't mean that you don't have to show me something as well, right? Because I'm, I mean, listen, you're you're the captain, I get that, but I'm calling the shots here. I'm calling the plays. This runs through me. So I like the hierarchy that's set up. I, I like the respect that's set up, and then now it's on Gardner Minshew to prove." to Gruden that he is indeed the man for the job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before the break, I brought up guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Colin Morikawa. There's so many others, by the way, young guys uh, across sports mm-hmm. in general. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, you name it. It's a young man's game. And again, I think when people have these discussions sometimes, like, oh, you got to be 22, 23, 24 to win, to win championships, to win everything, to be the greatest. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Mickelson and Woods and, and guys like that defy that sure uh, i think there are ovechkin still got it done 
Uh, right? Playing some of his best hockey. Yep. Uh, I think you. The, what the beauty of today's world is, is you have longer careers, it seems like, it feels like, if you want to. Uh, and you can still be pretty darn good and pretty darn competitive, uh, depending the sport. Yeah. Heck, LeBron's going to year 17, and I know his age is kind of young, but he's an old man, getting an old, being an old man for, for that game, and he might be the MVP. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But there's the point of this conversation is you don't need the, well, he's young, it's going to take some time as much as you used to in sports. It doesn't feel that. Maybe some guys do. Everybody's different. But we are seeing example after example after example right now, the last five years, the last ten years, in a multitude of sports where the young athlete wins and the young athlete wins big and the young athlete performs at the grandest of stages and becomes maybe the best in the game super quick. Mm. Lamar Jackson, example. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, example. Mm-hmm. My point in this conversation is you will hear countless times over this year, and I've probably been guilty of saying it already, the Jags are the youngest football team, the youngest team in the NFL. The Jags are young. The Jags are young. The Jags have a lot of youth. They're inexperienced. They need more veterans. You know what? The more and more I think about it, it can't be an excuse. Everybody else is doing it at a young age. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Oh, look, Josh Allen came in and had, had ten and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. He was a young guy. Ten and a half sacks. Minshew hardly had an offense that was built for him. Sixth round pick. He delivered at times. Yep. C.J. Henderson has to come in here and be pretty good. Minshew in year two has to be pretty good. LaVisca Chenault has to be able to deliver. I'm not saying you have to do it across the board. I understand the challenges of it when you have a new, a younger team. And there are positions that it helps if you have veteran experience. Jay Gruden said that about center today. Yeah. So experience matters. But I just think more than ever before, the whole we are young and we are inexperienced doesn't hold water in sports today. <sighs> See, you, you put sports in the, in, the, in the broad topic, and I agree with you there. But when we talk about the sport of football to me, it's different. Now, I know, I understand. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. You always talk about a lot of quarterbacks, it seems like. And I'm, just, I'm not saying you, but I mean, the, the general consensus is is that quarterbacks can come in day one and take over a team. And usually that can happen, obviously, depending if you draft the right quarterback or not. Because to me, the quarterback spot, it's a lot more mental than it is physical. Yeah, you know, Yes, you have to put the ball in the right area, and you have to take some hits here, there, there. So you have to still be physical, but it's more mental. But we're talking about defensive linemen. We're talking about wide receivers, cornerbacks, pick your poison, linebackers. There's not a sport in this world that is more demanding and more taxing, I feel like, than football because you talk about when you make that transition from college to the pros and it doesn't matter if you come from the sec or if you come from an fcs school or d3 there is an adjustment period there okay as opposed to maybe baseball players or basketball players where it's like well if you're good you're good i mean if if you can see a a curveball coming you can hit it you're good okay Football is different, though, man. If your body's not mature enough, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how savvy you are. You're probably not going to last that long, 
Right. So I think once players develop into their bodies a little bit and they get the feel for the change of speed, you know, the the, the change of power and things like that. Well, now that then they can adjust. Now, there's there's always going to be outliers out there. There's always going to be the Khalil Max. There's always going to be the Josh Allens who are just mature beyond their years, not only mentally, but physically as well. Always outliers in every single sport. But I'm just saying from the general consensus of a football team, usually you want that experience. Usually you want that maturity, not only from obviously a mental standpoint, but you need it from a physicality standpoint. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a good point. I do think there's something to like man strength, grown man strength, you know, Absolutely. is something to that. And especially in that in that sport where mm-hmm. you need it. Um, so. I, I just will say, listen, I've been guilty of it before, and Jags have now done this for a couple of times over the last decade, and they've been young, and they've tried to redo it. And I just don't know how much leniency and I, I'm going to give you for being young when I look all around the sports world and no, I, I see listen. young guys getting it done. I mean, they're getting it done. And I'm not one of these believers that say, oh, man, if you don't get I know, I'll know in the first two months whether this guy's a star or not. I do think when you're pretty good, you can tell right away. When Justin Blackman took that field for the first time, I could tell he's pretty darn good right away. You know, sure. so but, there have been instances of that. But it was a different game, Brent, wasn't it? Because you know why? He played four years in college. Well, he played three years in college. He was probably a three-year guy. He played three years in college. Okay? He did even last that long in the NFL without getting in trouble? I don't think so. So, like... Yeah, so the maturity part, the the other parts. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, and keep in mind, I think the transition from college to the NFL, it's the hardest because the game's so different. Okay? Whether you come from an FCS school like Murray State and you have Quincy Williams saying that your head's in a beehive, or whether you come from, you know, like a, like a, a school like Alabama, and, you know, it's probably like the most pro-ready school you're ever going to go to. At that same time, though, there's an adjustment period, as opposed to basketball or baseball, where it's like, listen, the game's still the same. Go out there, hit the ball. Go out there, field the ball. In basketball, go out there, defend your guy. Go out there, play zone. Go out there, make a three-pointer. It's simple like that. But when you get to the NFL, man, and obviously the, I talked about the physicality standpoint, but also the mental standpoint, all of a sudden the playbook's getting bigger. All of a sudden you got a lot more on your plate to worry about. Well, man, that, there's no other sport like that. So that's where, once again, I think maturity comes into play. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and, and by the way, I, again, I think it isn't across the board. I'm just going to caution myself to use it, <laughs> I guess, a little bit more. And... Sometimes ignorance is bliss in sports and, and the youth. Maybe we, we do say this. This is kind of a cliche where, you know, they didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the Jags don't realize they're not supposed to be good and they surprise people. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then I do have like the, a Taven Bryan example. Maybe some of that youth, whether it was maturity, even though he had great athleticism ever since he came out of Florida, maybe he needed some of this time. And all of a sudden it hits, it connects, it it, it works. So there is a possibility uh, of that happen. Uh, we uh, have uh, a bunch of observations from the first day that we were allowed out there at practice uh, earlier in the show. One of them, by the way, was Taven Bryan. I thought he looked in, in good shape. Cam Robinson uh, looks probably the best he's looked in a while. Uh, we also said a little leaner Josh Allen out there. Outside of that, it, it was seriously, if you just joined us, it was kind of like watching a team work out yeah. at the gym. Uh, you know, it <laughs> yeah. really was. Like, it was like going to like a CrossFit training sure. session or something sure um it was not a lot of football it was a little football but it was not a lot of football and that's designed that's the phase two ramp up uh things will heat up a little bit more coming up uh next week uh, before we get to a, a big announcement we're about to make 
I want to make one more observation. You know what my biggest observation was? First time I've been downtown in a while. Yeah. And that ramp being down. Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. freeway? Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's the first time being downtown in a while, huh? Well, to see it, uh, the, the destruction of yeah. it, it cleaned up a little bit. I got and you. The, the, it was like somebody opened a window <laughs> downtown. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I said this on Twitter. I don't know where this stands. I don't know the politics of it. I don't know if people were forward against it. I've had some feedback today about, like, now Lot K, you can't tailgate down there. That was a nice shade. I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying this. From an aesthetic point of view, it was a good vision yeah. to knock it down yeah. because it looks – it's a game changer the way it looks down there. It looks – you can now start to visualize things like, oh, okay, I can see what they may be trying to do here in Jacksonville down the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, I went past it a, probably a couple of days ago. I saw it downtown, and it definitely looks different. You know, I mean, you're, I've been here for six years off and on now and spent a lot of time at, you know, Met Park and obviously at that stadium. So it is a little – it's a little different. It takes a little time to get used to, and like you said, it's opened things up a little bit. Now comes what do you do with that scenario? We'll yeah, see. We'll see what they yeah. do uh, with with that. Uh, absolutely. Hey, coming up on Monday, we've got a brand new ESPN lineup happening. Uh, you've probably heard uh, it being promoted. We've had Mike Greenberg on. We've had some of the folks on uh, that will be doing shows, including Max Kellerman uh, as well. And that happens on Monday, this coming Monday, right here on ESPN 690 in Jacksonville and across uh, into southeast Georgia and all the way down uh, into the Daytona area as well, because that's where the signal hits here on ESPN uh, 690. But it'll be uh, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti and Keyshawn Johnson, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Levitard and and Stugatz still on from uh, 10 to noon. And then it's Mike Greenberg from noon to 2 and Max Kellerman will lead right into our show from 3 until 6. Action Sports Jack's not changing. It's uh, not going anywhere. We have survived the yes. cut. That's a big story. We have survived the purge, Brent. We That's did. the first cut we are, I've ever We made. are purge proof. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Uh, so we made it. We're uh, 3 to 6 uh, still on Action Sports Jack's on ESPN 690. But time to make a little bit of an announcement because following our show, Monday through Fridays, will be a new show. This wasn't in the email. <clears throat> It was in my email. Was it? Was it an email today? Okay. Well, hit me with it. Sometimes I know things you don't. Was it in the email today? But okay, go on. Didn't discuss this at all. But let's hear it. Let's bring in Nick Grinowitz right now from down in Orlando. He goes by Nicky Football. Him and Jerry Daniels will debut their show coming up soon, live, local, loud, right here in Jacksonville. Now I say debut the show. They've been doing the show down in Orlando on our ESPN affiliate. They're going to be doing it in Jacksonville as well from 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. And 6 p.m. until 7 p.m. will be a Jacksonville-only hour. So we've got some expansion. I like it. Here at ESPN 690. Nikki, what's happening, man? Not much, guys. I appreciate you having me on. We're really excited to be coming to uh, to Jacksonville starting on Monday as part of that new lineup and really excited to be working with you guys and everyone there at uh, ESPN 690. We're excited for you, and we're excited you didn't bump us out of the lineup, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the contract discussion, we were trying to shoot for that 5 p.m. slot, but they, they, no go, no go at all. They said Brett and Austin have to stay, so we, we decided to take six to nine. Well, yeah, Brett, we had some cachet around here. Well, Feels good. That might be just, that wasn't a ratings check or a dollars check. That was Austin 66245. <laughs> yes, yes, I think we, we don't have anyone that size on the show, so we weren't, uh, we weren't going to cage uh, cage fight it out there for the 5 p.m. hour. Live, local, and loud, uh, weeknights. 
6 to 9 p.m. right here on ESPN 690. And again, 6 p.m. until 7 p.m. will be a Jacksonville only hour. You guys have been doing this show for, for a while now. Tell us a little bit about the history of it uh, with you and Jerry. Yeah, Jerry and I have been doing the show for just about four-plus years now. We're in our fifth year working together. Uh, we started in, in 2016, and uh, uh, we are right here on our ESPN affiliate down in Orlando. And, uh, you know, what you're going to get from us is you're going to get a lot of sports talk. We're going to get You're going to get a lot of comedy, a lot of back and forth between the two of us, uh, and, and a lot of lifestyle stuff. Jerry's a big uh, movie guy, big music guy, so uh, there's going to be a lot of lifestyle and just kind of fun as well. So uh, we're hoping to, uh, to bring... Some good sports talk and just some, you know, kind of laid back life stuff as well uh, throughout the three hours on the show. Hey, Brent, you hear about that? They actually talk music on their show. Yeah, crazy. Don't, don't, maybe you could be a guest. I love, yeah. Go in, I'm going to go ahead and send you my email information quick and maybe get you on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good I'll, idea. I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll make my resume. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brent. I'm kidding, Brent. Uh, no problem. Nikki yeah. Football. I can do the show by myself. <laughs> Nikki Football. Uh, and Jerry Daniels, live local loud. It will be starting Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. And 6 p.m until 7 p.m. This is unique. Uh, we've worked this out, and you guys have too. It'll be a Jacksonville-only hour. Tell us about your approach to that. Sure, yeah. We're going to bring you uh, the latest, of course, news and sports talk, what's going on in Jacksonville. Jerry has very close connections with the Jacksonville community. He was part of the ownership group that actually brought the Jacksonville Iceman to Jacksonville. So you're getting someone that loves the community there, loves the local businesses, loves the local sports, and uh, Jerry is very excited about that. And, uh, you know, I'm a big I'm a big Jags fan. Um, I'm a big Jumbo Shrimp fan. So we're going to be talking uh, about, you know, of course, what's going on with the Jags as you guys got a chance to go to practice today but we're going to try to bring you all of the uh you know the flavor is what's going on uh during that six to seven hour and then uh from seven to nine uh you're going to get you know more national more central florida and uh jacksonville news as well we're not going to forget about you guys from seven to nine either but six to seven is going to be a real jacksonville hour for us and we're looking forward to that well here's the deal i love the idea of it because here on our show with the video platforms and also just a huge signal we have on espn 690 one of the biggest and, and a legendary signal in the southeast you know, I, I've thought and we've thought at times, I mean, it's a Jacksonville heavy show, of course. Uh, we love it here uh, in the River City. But it also can at times have a regional feel to it because we stretch all the way into South Carolina on a good day and, and all the way down through Daytona and Melbourne. So I kind of like picking up uh, some of the Orlando angles. So give us a little bit. Where do you stand on, on the magic uh, of the NBA? Orlando City, by the way, soccer uh, just made an incredible run. Couldn't finish it off. But tell us a little bit about the Orlando sports scene right now. Yeah, I mean, right now you have two teams that are headed in two completely different directions. The Orlando Magic started 2-0 and inside of the bubble, then Jonathan Isaac gets injured, and they've lost five straight games since then. So the Magic are kind of hurting right now. Uh, they're hoping to just kind of get into the playoffs and maybe make some noise against uh, Milwaukee. Uh, you're trying try to get everyone healthy for that, too. I mean, Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier are out, and Terrence Ross left the bubble, and you know, you've know you got uh, you know Jonathan Isaac out for the rest of the season and what will most likely be a majority of next season with the uh, with the knee injury, but so the Magic right now are kind of at a crossroads in their rebuild 3.0, 4.0, whatever whatever that might be 3.0, 4.0, wherever they are. And Orlando 8.0. City, we we're hitting Orlando City right now in their best run in two plus years. Uh, they have not gone this long prior to losing last night without losing in in over two years. And what they put together in the MLS's back cup, uh, losing to Portland last night though it stings. You have a hard time being that upset after they had some of the longest odds in Vegas to make the final and win the whole thing. Uh, so to make it into the final four in that final game, 
uh, and give up the go-ahead goal to Portland in the 62nd, 67th minute, uh, it still feels like a, just a huge success for Orlando City, which had kind of hit a pole with the fan base here, and now maybe people are going to get a little bit more excited. If you're keeping score at home, uh, we've been uh, really uh, sharing some positive news as of late here on ESPN 691. We survived the past 18 months. Yep. Two, uh, Florida State Seminoles, your home for the Knowles. Football and basketball right here on ESPN 690. And now our newest addition, backing up our show from 3 to 6, is Action Sports Jackson. Now from 6 p.m. until 9 p.m., live, local, and loud with Nick Grinowitz and Jerry Daniels. Nicky Football is what he goes by. He's joined us right now on ESPN 690. This will start Monday, part of the new ESPN lineup across the board. Starts on August 17th. Uh, Nick. What about football? Where are your thoughts on it? Uh, do we get to an NFL season, and is it going to be ACC, Big 12, and SEC playing ball, or will they sooner or later go the way of the Pac-12 and Big 10? I hope we get a college football season. I was going to ask you that, actually, after you mentioned the Florida <laughs> State news, uh, because I think everyone is looking at this just hoping. You know, the college football season is 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 teetering right now. Um, right now you've got 60% of the Power 5 that are set to play. Uh, what I want to know is how you have three conferences that say, hey, we're good, we're moving forward, and two conferences that are saying, hey, this is too bleak. Like, I, Is it different information, or is this just all about the optics? And I think it is more about optics and more about liability with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 than it is with the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC. Uh, I do believe that if the Big 12 had decided this morning that they were going to shut it down, that you would have seen the ACC and the SEC just crumble the pressure. But now that you have three fits playing, hopefully they get a season. As for the NFL, I think they're going to play. They're professionals. Um, the NFL announced today in terms of Tier 1 and Tier 2 COVID tests, it was less than a 1% positive rate. Um, I just I, I don't see how they don't move forward with, with the season with those kind of numbers. And, you know, even you heard Jim Harbaugh and, and Ryan Day talking about the positive tests. I, I'm one of the people that believes that the college students are actually college athletes and students are safer with their programs practicing and playing a season, they are going back home potentially. So uh, it surprised me when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided not to go. But I think we'll see we'll see the SEC at the very least try to play some games, and I think we'll get an NFL season. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that the college football scene in the Power Five could easily become a game of Survivor, where you just yeah. build alliances. And it, right now, doesn't it? Austin looks like Pac-12 and Big Ten have one alliance, and they're saying no go. Yeah. And it, I, I think uh, Nick is right here, where if maybe Big 12 or SEC or one of the shoes dropped, maybe they all would have said, okay, we're all in line. But they are all in line, those three. They're going to play. Well, and it's kind of a reflection right now of how our country is operating, right? I mean, we're not going to get really political on this show, but let's be honest here. There, there's certain areas that think that COVID-19, not that serious. Other areas think that you should be taken very seriously. And one could point to college football right now where different conferences think different things. And Brent, to kind of echo what you said yesterday a little bit, it doesn't matter who's first in the pool or who's last in the pool. What matters is if you're right or wrong. And only time is going to tell right now if it was the right thing to do to opt out of the fall season and wait till the spring or if it was the right thing to do to keep on going right now and play in that fall season. Time to get out of the pool. It's adult swim time. Nikki Football, Jerry Daniels. Looking forward to it, man. Live, local, loud. Starting up Monday night, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Weeknights here on ESPN 690. Good to have you guys on board. Good luck with the show. Well, we're looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me on, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, that's uh, Nick Grinowitz uh, down in Orlando, Nikki Football and Jerry Daniels. Join them 6 to 7, by the way, a Jacksonville-only hour, 7 to 9. We'll include Orlando as well. So uh, looking forward to this as part of our uh, local lineup, if you will, 
here on ESPN 690. It'll be an interesting week next week. It'll be a different sound when you tune into ESPN 690 all day long with the new lineup ESPN on the national side is putting out. Except and, us, Brett. You know, <laughs> we're staying the same, man. Hey, it's amazing how quickly you get seniority around here. Exactly, <laughs> man. Same bat time, same bat channel. Even Coos has lasted as long as... A little, little, little surprising, huh? Yeah. Did you, did you put a good word in for him? Hasn't jumped ship yet. <laughs> well, the same thing to you, Mr. California. Go out to Barstool to see what they're doing over there, yeah. man. Yeah. That didn't work out. They hired Dion instead. I saw that, man. <laughs> it's not bad company to be a part of, Brent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no comment. Hey, when we get back, uh, a little more football talk. Uh, of course, and uh, we'll put a bow on a show that just included another cool announcement. Live Local Loud coming to Jacksonville, Florida on ESPN 690 starting next Monday. Being from the South, like, Leonard's Leonard's a legend, dude. Because, I mean, he's been, like, the five-star number one player in the country since, like, he's in eighth, ninth grade. So everybody knew Leonard, like, basically forever. Uh, and to be on his team is really cool. Um, you know, he comes in, he handles his business well, uh, does his job, and he's he's been great this camp, um, been a great teammate. And, you know, looking forward to him doing, you know, the same this year. That is Gardner Minshew, the legend of Leonard Fournette. Yep. He's not wrong. People knew about Leonard Fournette when he was in, like, eighth grade. Yep. On the Pop Warner fields. I keep saying it, Brent. I mean, when, when you get put in a Lil Wayne song, I think when you're in high school, you know you've made it. That is true. Yeah. I mean, that is true. Mm-hmm. Leonard and I have that in common. You're in a Lil Wayne song. Do you, do you care to share the track so I can check this out? Now we're doing music talk again. Look at us go. Here we go. Do you, do you have the song title I can check that out His with? Name Brenner? Is uh, flying. Sure. <laughs> that was it. Nailed it. Whatever you just said. <laughs> uh, hey, did you watch Hard Knocks? I got one thing to say, Brent. Yes, I watch Hard Knocks, obviously. Love Hard Knocks. Because to me, like it shows... The psychology of NFL, which I'm so into. It shows players' personalities, and it shows coaches' personalities. I took one thing away from Hard Knocks last night. There should be a giant red flag right now around Sean McVay because that guy's crumbling. Do you know how I could tell? And I'm not, I'm not lying, man. If, if, I'm, if I'm in Vegas right now and I'm taking the over-under of the Rams this season, under all day. If I'm a Jaguars fan right now, I'm enjoying the fact that, you know what, we're probably going to get a pretty high draft pick off that Rams, Jalen Ramsey trade. All Do because you know of that over-the-shoulder shot of down on the overlooking the city? It's got something to do with it, but not entirely. Okay. Yeah, you're on the right track, though. You're, you're warm. So Cliff Kingsbury, right? Cliff Kingsbury comes, same, same division, Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury had his run at Texas Tech, had Patrick Mahomes, didn't win a lot. Nah, it is what it is. Gets ready to go to USC and what happens, Brent? For whatever reason, he's young, he's hip, he knows offense. The Arizona Cardinals give him a chance. Much to the chagrin of Sean McVay, who at the time was the young, hot, fresh kind of coach, right? Everyone was talking about Sean McVay. If you shook Sean McVay's hand, boom, you got a front office job. If you know Sean McVay's family, boom, front office job. John Bachman, we've had him on the show how many times? How many times has John Bachman talked about Sean, uh, Sean McVay? And I'm not sure if they're related. I'm not sure if they have a timeshare together. Whatever the reason is, John Bachman, big Sean McVay guy. So Sean McVay had it. Like, he was the talk of the town. Enter Cliff Kingsbury. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Let's go back to the draft real quick, Brent, right? Let's talk about the draft where 
with the pandemic, every coach is at home. And we saw the Kingsbury home. We saw the fireplace in the background in the middle of Phoenix, Arizona, wherever he's living, Scottsdale, in the middle of spring, had to be at least 95 degrees, and that fireplace is blaring. And the house is on display, and we all said, man, Kingsbury's the dude. I'm jealous. Well, this got to Sean McVay. All right, and this crushed Sean McVay. Do you know why? Yes, we saw that. Yes, last night we saw Sean McVay drinking champagne or wine with his aesthetically pleasing wife, okay, or fiance. Congratulations to that. But the part that no one's talking about is after we saw that scenic view in the Valley of California, and after we saw once again another fireplace in the middle of the valley in August or July, in the middle of summer, just blaring. Got that Brent Martin money. Congratulations. After that, though, what happens next? He goes to his dog, and he says, you want to play some basketball? Okay, this is a cute moment. He's going to play basketball with the dog. Jump cut to Sean McVay in the <laughs> pool with his shirt off flexing. And that means to tell me right now where Sean McVay saw Kingsbury. He's like, all right, Kingsbury, you, you want to play? You want to show off your house? You want to show off your fireplace outside in the middle of, you know, in the summertime of, of Arizona? Check this out, man. I've been, I haven't ate a carb in two months. Check me out right now, man. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and flex my stuff on Hard Knocks. And that whole thing was set up, and I'm telling you right now, it's Sean McVay's idea. What other coach is going to hop in the pool for no apparent reason as to, quote-unquote, play basketball with his dog? There's no way, man. Not that, Bill Belichick. Not, not Bill Belichick. That was a flex directed at Kingsbury, and it goes to show me right now, Brent, that the Arizona Cardinals, and more importantly, Cliff Kingsbury, are living rent-free right now in Sean McVay's head. <laughs> it's a wild around-the-block way yeah. to get to look out, Rams. You might be giving the Jags Listen, a top-five pick. You're supposed to be focusing on <laughs> offense right now and how you're going to be with Jared Goff. In the meantime, you're worried about trying to show off your physique a little bit and try to one-up Cliff Kingsbury. Red flags, Brent. Red flags all over the place. McVay's a fun guy, though. Oh, yeah. Fun listening yeah. to him. You mentioned Gruden. We yeah. were talking Gruden's earlier. I mean, he is fun. Fun listen. Yep. Uh, the energy is is obviously palpable and and seems like he's just got a great rapport with the players. And he's mm-hmm. such a young guy. That's a very important thing. I mean, to get the respect of the players. Uh, but it looks that way. I mean, there's a lot of edits in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I thought. By the way, I'm not a huge hard knock. Like I'm not like, oh my gosh, hard knocks is on. I can't. I haven't been that way. Yeah. Uh, over the years, it's a great show. It's mm-hmm. it's cool inside look and it's well done. I think in the last couple of years, I remember saying it's getting kind of stale. Oh, I agree. Last year, storylines are the same. Yeah. You know, it's you know one or two things are fun. I mean, you almost have to get them swearing or doing something like that to actually pique my interest. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, and so, I thought this was fantastic, and unfortunately, you got to credit a pandemic for it. Yeah. The inside look at how they were handling COVID-19, and we've seen some things come out of Jags headquarters, and they've shared some video, and we saw it a little bit up close today. But I just thought the whole thing, the 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 narrative and the theme of that first episode being that from Anthony Lynn uh, to how the Rams were, were dealing with it and utilizing it, 
just the whole the presentation of it really of hard knocks where usually you have all these cameras and microphones and how many times did they have to cut to a zoom call yeah <laughs> even to edit the show yeah so i thought it was a refreshing episode uh because of the pandemic we'll see if it continues that way also you do i think the two teams is kind of a cool thing i think it's awesome the, the bouncing back and forth and but totally different personalities and that's Anthony the great Lynn thing and, and mcveigh and that's the great thing because I, I think they're both great coaches don't get me wrong i've never met Anthony Lynn or sean mcveigh but like I love Anthony Lynn because he seems like, you know, he seems like the cool uncle. He seems like the, kind of like the, like the granddad where it's like, you know, I mean, the, the opening scene of Hard Knocks was him, you know, logging on first time to that Zoom. He's talking to his players and all his players are reciprocating. Hey, what's up, coach? What's up, coach? Like, he just kind of has that grandfather vibe to him. I'm not sure what it is. And by the way, how, how many Porsche hats do you own, Anthony Lynn? You notice that? Guy <laughs> sponsored by Porsche. He had like three different Porsche hats. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Okay, well, <laughs> and I will next time. Uh, it's in my notes here. Um, <laughs> it's in my notes. Yeah, I'll take your notes. Notes on so, hard knocks about the poor shots so, Anthony Lynn. Yeah. This guy goes deep. Oh, dude, I love this show, man. I can't get enough of this show. <laughs> so I thought it was great. But then you mentioned Sean McVay. Like, two completely different personalities. But obviously, and at least I came away from episode one, two coaches that look like you, they'd be fun to play for, for different reasons. I, I think likable guys. No yeah. doubt about it. Likable coaches and... Uh, uh, big years for both, really, with all the talent on, on those teams. All right, the the flip side of it, uh, <laughs> outside of the hard knocks part, Jalen being Jalen, man. Yeah, man. How cool, how, was, how just tremendous was that? Uh, we were watching, like, Steph was watching it, too. Like, uh, it's, just, it's just so Jalen. But I'm not going to lie to you. I tweeted it last night, and I meant it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I did it. I said it again this morning uh, out there uh, to some folks. I miss Jalen, I think I'm gonna miss Jalen. I think I said it when he left. Yeah. Like I, I've I've been honest with this. For our job, Jalen is a fun character, and mm-hmm. you don't get many like it. Mm-hmm. So you can wish him away, and he's a pain in the ass, and all this stuff if you want to say it. But he's a fun character, and let's be honest, this season isn't supposed to be fun in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So when you can have a character a la Minshew in a different kind of way, sometimes Fournette. Yeah. Speak to me, somebody else. Like Josh Allen's a great player, but is he a character to have? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for that, too. Sure. Uh, but from our standpoint, I mean, Jay, we lost a major character covering the Jaguars, and we saw it on display in L.A. You you lost a major ratings booster, let's call it. I mean, character, ratings booster. I mean, obviously, he was trending for a while Story on Twitter. Line. because Exactly. And you know what the best part of that episode was with Jalen Ramsey? And it goes to show you just how much people aren't really paying attention to what's happening in Jacksonville. When he and Keep in mind, if you haven't seen the episode, I'll quick kind of explain to you guys a little bit, where... They asked him about his contract. Obviously, a question that Jalen Ramsey's probably heard at nauseum now since he got to L.A. Asked him about his contract, rubbed Jalen Ramsey the wrong way. He retaliated for a couple seconds and then walked out of the interview. Walked <laughs> out. And keep in mind, this is a Zoom interview, right? So he didn't just get a press conference and walk away. He got up from his chair at the Zoom interview and walked away. And honestly, he wasn't even pressed that hard on it. At least exactly. the part we saw. Exactly. The best part, though, and and I literally, I was laughing out loud at this, is if you watch the media members' reactions to when he left, and it's like, is he serious? Is this it? Like, he's done? Yeah. Because, like, they didn't know how to act. They are kind of laughing at it. Brent, like, this isn't your first rodeo. Like, you saw this coming. It's like, oh, Jalen being Jalen again. Like, a lot of those media members who apparently don't know how Jalen operates saw him walk away and were just flabbergasted and were like, 
well, now what? You know, and then obviously the PR team had to beg Jalen to come back in. But, like, it was their first. Basically, they got him to come back they, in. I couldn't believe that either, right? But I just couldn't believe just the look of, of just shock and awe <laughs> of these media members who just, like, this guy just seriously get up and leave? Like, have you not been following the Jaguars media and Jalen Ramsey? Have you not been following the Brent Martineau chronicles of getting blocked on Twitter? It's nothing new to us here in Jacksonville. Uh, I thought it was sensational again. And I, I, I no people probably took it tongue in cheek when I said I miss Jalen. I'm serious. I yeah. I think we will. I think we do. I think. Uh, and by the way, Zach, a football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a bad stash going on though. On that thing. Uh, is that how you feel about it? Yeah. You like it? Uh, it's so, no, it's something, right? Yeah. I, it wasn't. I don't know if he's trying to go for something or not. I don't know if the quarantine had something to do with it, but I agree with you. It's it's different. I'm not on board quite yet. Let's see if it involves something else. How about the storyline? Like, Hard Knocks did a great job of this. Yeah. In, in this sense, they make him part of the story, yeah. which is good. Because you're, you're going to always, if you want to have something with Jalen, you're probably going to have something with Jalen. And the, and the contract thing is a storyline. Mm-hmm. And then they juxtaposition that right to Bosa. I mean, like you, you, oh, you, you talk about exactly what they're doing, you, Brett. Oh yeah, come you, on. You talk about you couldn't get McVeigh and Lynn any different. Well, then all of a sudden you get to a table where Joey Bosa is just rolling in the money, signing a hundred million dollar contract, crying yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just a tremendous uh, irony right there. Great television in that sense, and it also does beg the question: yeah, that is the same draft. Bosa's got sure. all this money. Yeah. What are they waiting for? Ramsey still hasn't got money. I mean, does he have a beef? Ezekiel Elliott yeah. got paid. Mm-hmm. Bosa got paid. Goff got paid. Wentz got paid. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey ain't got paid. Especially for how much they sacrificed to get him over there. Like, when you give up two first-round picks like that, Brent, you're pot committed regardless. You're in it for the long haul. So, yeah, I mean, listen, and Jalen Ramsey can sit there on that Zoom interview and say he doesn't care about it. Come on, man. Come on now. Jalen, you care, and it's okay. I mean, I thought he had a great answer, and I thought he it was it was the the professional answer. You know, what I mean, maybe getting up and walking out was the most <laughs> professional thing. But I like how the way he addressed it. I'm like, hey, this is the answer I'm giving you guys. You may not have to like it, but this is the answer I'm giving you. I like that point of it, but you, but you got to care. You, you have to care because I talk about it all the time on the show, Brent. You see what your peers are up to, and and you always watch how they're doing. Well, right now, Joy Bosa doing pretty good. Zeke Elliott doing pretty good. Jalen Ramsey wants to be doing good, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, this in from Ian Rappaport. Uh, Timmy Jernigan uh, visited the Jaguars, so uh, he's a free agent, defensive tackle. Wouldn't I be like a bad that. sign. I like That'd be a that. nice little sign. Yeah, I like that uh, a lot. Lake City, Columbia, by the way, but uh, he's been productive. Sure. He, we think the physical went bad. I think that was a story with Houston. I think he had signed with Houston, mm-hmm. and kind of the same uh, as uh, Darquez Denard with the Jags. It, it just fizzled out, yeah. partly because oh, – mostly because of the pandemic, we believe. And so now Jernigan in Jacksonville uh, to visit, according to Rappaport, they need depth. Yeah, That wouldn't be a battle of signing. I'm not mad at that at all. I, I think mean, listen, if you're not signed right now, you're not signed for a reason. Sure. But. Well, and you're not going to bring him in to be a, a, an all-pro or a, pro, a perennial pro bowl. You're bringing him in for depth. And I think for depth purposes, 
Timmy Jernigan's definitely the guy you want to bring in. Hey, how about this? A couple other sports notes. Uh, five overtimes in the Lightning game last night. That game started Literally. when our show started yesterday, and it didn't end until after 9 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We can go home. I was watching on the show when I'm, well, I wasn't watching. I was talking to you, obviously. But I was glancing at the, uh, uh, a couple uh, moments. At the hockey game, exactly. Go train for two hours, get home, take a shower, eat dinner, turn on the TV, and they're still playing. Insane, man. That's wild. Wow. And they're, uh, and they're eating pizza at halftime, just trying to keep their calorie intake up and everything. Eating pizza at halftime. <laughs> 85 saves. Uh, how insane is that? That is I nuts. I know, man. Had the stats. Had the stats. Uh, Giannis headbutt suspended for the final game. Doesn't matter. But. Not worried about it. Hey, you know what, though? Headbutt and Giannis, he's a good, nice guy. Good. Hey, you know what? I like the intensity, Brent. Playoffs are starting pretty soon. Hashtag immigrant mentality. <laughs> Driving dish podcast. What? Dame Lillard. Three times over 60. Did you know only Wilt Chamberlain has done that? Was not aware of that Dame time. Started like 15 or something. No, in the same season. Only oh. two players now to do it is yeah, Wilt yeah. and Dame Lillard. Listen, biggest thing you can make with Dame Lillard is you called him out. You know, obviously he lost that game. Patrick Beverly got in his face. You unleash the beast now. Good luck with that. Hey, how many push-ups could you do in three minutes? <sighs> I don't know why. How many do you do? I put push, push to the test today. did 75. In three in minutes? Three minutes. I need to see a video of this. Well, Steph and the kids were right there. They said I can only do 45 or 50. Hey, I did it 75. Are they Ty real, did 83. Are they, are they real push-ups? I, I know Ty's an animal. Did you really are they real push-ups, though? They said they were. Hey, Sean McVay, go in your pool, take your shirt off, and see what I happens. I want to see how many can do. Kuz, to help your homework assignment. How many push-ups can you do in three minutes? That's for tomorrow. All right. Well, I got training tonight. Okay. okay. First and 10 training camp tonight, 11:15 <laughs> on CBS 47 and Fox 30, our first show. Yeah, football's here. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690.